This is the Classic Guitar Rock Daily Update. We'd like to say that, in our opinion, it is not suitable for children or for those of you who may have a nervous disposition. This is the Classic Guitar Rock Daily Update. All the classic rock news of the day with your host, Jeremy Lunnan. We're here, we're on the air. We are here, and it's Friday, which always adds a, 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 an added element of excitement. You feel it in the air. I'm super happy to be here, super happy you're here. It's uh, Friday, February 23rd. 2024 and it it's here the day's here we've been talking about this for a long time ace fraley's new album 10,000 volts has dropped you can check it out i've i've listened to it not super in depth scanned through it rolled through it there's good news and bad news do you want the bad news first or the good the bad news is it's ace singing Okay, Ace is the singer. It is what it is. The good news is the riffage is considerable. So I like it. I like it. And I'll be I'll be giving it a more uh, a, a, a deeper dive throughout the day. Probably will post a a review about it, but but again, Riffage not to be trifled with. It sounds good. The production sounds good. The guitars sound good. But it is Ace singing. So we all know kind of what that what that means. But don't let that deter you from a great rock and roll album. Because because like I said, I I like what I'm hearing. I I'm picking up what he's laying down. Speaking of Ace, one of the songs on the new album. He's always, he always, I think on every album he's done, he has a cover, at least one cover. He did a whole album of covers, but he's always got a few covers. He's covered songs by ELO, by the Steve Miller Band, uh, his hit from the solo album back in, was that 78 or 79? Whenever they did the solo albums, Kiss, or Ace is by far the best of the Kiss solo albums. Um, New York Groove was actually a cover. I don't know that a lot of folks are aware of that. Marlon checking in again today. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your support. Um, but one of the covers he got from a weird place. And here's the thing about covers. If you pick obscure covers, people don't know their covers, right? And, the, and, and that happens a lot. Uh, Greg at the mean machine. Hi buddy. Thanks for tuning in. He says, good morning, Jeremy. Happy Friday. It is a happy Friday for sure. Thank you for joining. But the cover tune on this album, he got from the closing credits of that movie, uh, The Transporter. Remember? Jason Statham, that movie back in like 2002. I think I watched it on an airplane. Um, And and he got, he got that... Uh, he wanted to cover that song and it's a song called life of a stranger. It was just played over the closing credits. And he said that that song has always been rattling around in his brain. Um, 
and he wanted to cover it, but he wasn't sure he could sing it, but they did it. And, uh, it's pretty cool. It's, I don't want to call it a ballad. I don't want to call it a ballad, but it is, uh, it's a mid tempo. It's dramatic. It's got a cool guitar intro at the beginning and it's dramatic. And, um, you can go on ultimate classic rock and you can actually play aces version and then hear the original version. This is from an, an artist named, um, Nadia. And it's, they're both cool. I mean, the original is cool. Uh, it was definitely not a rock song. It's kind of an electronic Euro European type thing. And ACE made it his own, added some riffage and, it's kind of cool, but that's where that one cover tune came up with. Uh, Greg says he just played uh, back in the New York groove on the mean machine. That's, that's awesome. And Jay also chiming in. Jay's got the uh, Judas priest Rockarola picture for his uh, avatar here. He says, have a killer weekend, Jeremy. You do the same. Thank you so much for checking in. Um, so anyways, this is one of the tunes you can check out on the new ACE album, 10,000 volts. I like it so far. Look what I've heard so far. I like a Tom Petty tribute album is in the works. It's called Petty country. And you, you probably know where this is going, right? Scheduled to be uh, shipped on May 31st. Among the contributors, Willie Nelson, Dolly Parton, Chris Stapleton, Marty Stewart, Margot Price, a bunch more. Two former Heartbreakers, Mike Campbell and Ben Montinch, who's the keyboard player. They will be on the album as well. Uh, Dirks Bentley. I actually, my wife is a bigger country fan than I have, but I've seen a few country shows. I saw Dirks Bentley a few years ago, and actually it was a really good show. He's doing a cover of... American girl and Dirk's comments quote Petty's Southern roots shine through across his songwriting and storytelling. He might not have ever been considered as country, but you can't go into a bar in Nashville without hearing this song. It's one of the greatest songs in a life's work of great American songs that of course, referring to the song American girl. And by the way, Nashville has become kind of the rock and roll center of the U S I don't know if you're aware of this. So many, especially of the classic rock artists that we know and love, they've relocated to the Nashville area. There are tons of musicians, tons of studios, right? Uh, uh, it's, uh, I don't want to get in trouble when I say this, people are fleeing California in droves, right? And, and much of that entertainment music, entertainment talent has relocated to Nashville. An interesting story. This is way back in the 80s. Jeff Beck tells a story. Jeff Beck, some people consider the greatest guitarist ever. He uh, was working on an album in Nashville and he was in the studio. And, you know, they laid down their stuff and they were about to go home. And he said the guy cleaning up the janitor asked Jeff if he could play one of his guitars. And Jeff said, sure. You know, it's still hooked up. So the, this janitor picks it up. And Jeff said he was blown away. He's like, I, I, I almost wanted to quit playing because the janitor in Nashville 
was unbelievable. So just saying the level of musicianship in Nashville is off the charts. And so we think of Nashville as a country town, but to be honest, it's, you know, a lot of rock and roll comes pumping out of, of Nashville. Marlon asked, uh, do, do your own songs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think he's saying F C O L F C. I, I think, <laughs> are you saying country guys need to do their own songs and not do Tom Petty's? I don't know. That's what you're saying. Come on, Marlon. That's not nice. I don't know. It, it will be interesting to hear. I want to hear what song Dolly Parton does on a Tom Petty album. So that'll be interesting. During an appearance on this past Wednesday's episode of Sirius XM's Trunk Nation with Eddie Trunk, Zach Wilde spoke about the possibility of the reformed lineup of Pantera. Now, remember last year, um, last year, maybe it's been a year and a half ago, they toured, they did a show, Zach teamed up with the remaining members of Pantera and they toured as Pantera to mixed, I don't want to say mixed reviews, to mixed emotions. Some people are, are purists, right? If it's not all the original people, they don't want anything to do with it. They think it's not legit, whatever. Knowing what I know about Zach Wilde, I'm sure it was a great show. And so part of, part of us just believe, hey, it's Pan, if you're a Pantera fan, it's Pantera music being played live by a great band. Why wouldn't you like it? Right? So there, you know, he wasn't necessarily, it, it wasn't necessarily uh, uh, received well by everyone that Zach teamed up with the remaining members and they were touring as Pantera. But he says he's open to doing music with Pantera. He just says, We'd want to call it something else. Oh, Marlon was referring to Ace doing covers. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. So um, Ace always, he, he mostly does originals, but he always uh, squeezes a few covers in there. So, uh, oh, and the FCOL, I didn't, I'm not hip. I'm not hip to this lingo, Marlon. The FCLO, FCOL that you typed means for crying out loud. I learned something new that I can use with my kids now. Okay, that's that's awesome. Uh, Jay chimes in. He bailed from California to Post Falls, Idaho 30 years ago. Post Falls just down the road from me. It's about 30 miles away. Great. Thanks, Jay. Um, here's a quote from Zach. Pressed about whether he would want to do it under an altered name rather than calling it Pantera, Wilde said, quote, yeah, if that was ever a bridge we crossed, we'd have to wait until we get there. But right now, it's just the four of us celebrating what the fellas from the classic lineup created. And, you know, the, the producer, Sterling Winfeld, who, who you know, produced Pantera, he said, uh, he was asked about the possibility of the reformed Pantera recording new music. Quote, it's not unheard of. It's not blasphemous. I will say that it is entirely plausible. It is entirely possible. But at this point in time, 
I don't know that anybody's looking that far down the road. They've got a world tour to tackle, man, for the next two years. And they're going to be busy doing that. Now, could it happen? Yes. Asked if he would be cool with Brown, Anselmo, Wilde, and Benante making new music together. Sterling said, quote, it depends, man. Again, it has to be done right, like this whole thing. The whole tour that's happening has to be done properly. And I don't really feel comfortable if it were to happen. I would not feel comfortable calling it Pantera. So kind of the same thing Zach said. I don't think that would be classy. I'll put it that way. And I'll just leave it at that for now. But this lineup could make some very badass music. And the music is all that matters. <coughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's see. In a new interview with WNST and Baltimore Positive founder Nestor Aparico, Triumph guitarist, vocalist Rick Emmett was asked if he can foresee himself ever going back on the road again. And he responded, I am a guy that wrote a song that said, never say never. And, and I do find it dangerous to take a really big paintbrush and paint brush strokes strokes. But I should tell you, I've been struggling with some arthritis in my hands and that's changing things. I don't know how much it will. And here's the, here's the, the point of the story. He continued, quote, I've gone through a sort of cancer treatment. Now I'm sort of trying to deal with this advent of rheumatoid arthritis and I don't know how much it's going to knock a hole in my ability to play. So certainly going out on the road and traveling and hotels and airports, that does seem like a grind to me. And I've got to admit it, my wife has been patiently sitting around for decades waiting for, hey, she's going to go on a safari. She's going to like Kenya. She's going to like Kenya, Nairobi this year. I'm not going with her. That's not my idea of fun. But he also revealed that he's just completed radiation treatment for prostate cancer. He says, quote, for you gentlemen out there north of age 45 and 50, that's me and probably some of us listening, right? Please do yourself a favor and get checked. If you catch it early, there's an excellent chance it can be treated. And treatment doesn't always have to mean surgery or chemotherapy either. Consider this a PSA to get your PSA checked. Ha! Clever. All right. So good news to hear. It sounds like he's doing well. And and guys, and I literally mean guys, males, if you're over 45, you need to, and we're notorious for not wanting to go to the doctor. I get it. I'm one of those, right? But you got to do it. You got to, you got to be screened. You got to get checked uh, because absolutely no one wants to get cancer. But from what I've heard, if you're going to get cancer, um, prostate cancer is one that, that can be treated more easily than other cancers if you catch it early. But the key is catching it early. Okay. The key is catching it early. Um, I'm trying for the update not to become a, a, a healthcare medical update every day, <laughs> but these, these bands we listen to, they're all getting older. So, so much of the time, uh, we hear more and more news about health related things. It is what it is, right? Hey, let's share an email here. Hey, Jeremy, I'm liking these daily updates. Hope you keep them up. By the way, this is from Lauren. Lauren was one of our early 
early uh, supporters of the podcast. So it's been a few years now that Lauren has been a supporter. So I, I, I really want to say thanks to Lauren for that and all of the support. Um, I'm liking these daily updates. Hope you keep them up on Sabbath Aussie Dio. Remember this was in response to an email. I said, I didn't think it was controversial, but I said, I thought Ozzy's two first solo albums, Blizzard and Diary, were better than anything Sabbath had ever done. But then I also said that the two Dio Sabbath albums, there were actually three, Dehumanizer to me is not on the same level as Back in Black and Mob Rules. But I said Back in Black and Mob Rules were better than any Aussie album that came out after Diary. That's what I said. And I was kind of taken to task on that. So this is what Lauren is talking about. On Sabbath, Aussie Dio, I'm not a huge fan of Aussie's solo career. Of course, being a professional guitarist, and Lauren teaches guitar lessons, plays, you know, is a, is a working musician. I appreciate Randy and Jake. The high point of that entire Aussie package for me is Master of Reality. Okay, that's a, a classic Sabbath album. I love that album. And Geezer's bass playing has always struck a note with me. The man is awesome. The debut Sab Sabbath album is pretty cool too when I'm in the mood for it. Iomi is the riff master and inspired so many. I gave Blizzard and Madman a listen last year, both great albums, but I didn't need to hear them a second time. I'll never tire of Masters of Reality, though. Always looking forward to listening, Lauren. Lauren, thanks so much for checking in. Geezer is one of my favorite bassists. You listen to Geezer, very melodic. Uh, his sense of melody as a bassist is, is really cool. I mean, I think he's an, an awesome... I think I could be wrong. I think Geezer started out as a guitarist. This is my theory. I think guys that start, and I don't mean just play. I think guys that are fairly accomplished guitarists who transition to bass play in a different style than guys that just start out on bass. And I'm not saying one is, is better than the other, but I do think there's a difference uh, I'm a little biased because I started out on guitar. And 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 the other part of that is guitarists think, oh, bass playing's easy. It's just one note, right? And so every guitarist thinks he's a bass player. Yeah, I can play bass, no problem. Throw me that bass I can play. I mean, it's only one note at time. Four strings instead of, oh, it's way easier. It's not, I mean, there's there's a, Yeah. It's being a guitarist does not make you a bassist, but I think if you start out on guitar and then become a bassist and, and, and that becomes your, your instrument of choice, I, I do think that tends to influence the way you play the bass. Maybe you are more, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking through this as, as I'm saying it, but I think you, you tell a difference when guys have a foundation in guitar playing before they start playing bass. And again, I'm not saying one's better or I don't know what I'm saying. Okay. Now I wish I hadn't even brought it up. Okay. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the update today. Shoot me an email, classicguitarrock at mail.com, classicguitarrock 
at mail.com. I'd love to hear from you. You have a great weekend. Live long and prosper. We'll see you. Bye-bye. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. Thanks for listening. You can email Jeremy at classicguitarrock at mail.com. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Tune in each weekday for the Classic Guitar Rock Daily Update.